Welcome to your favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Jeff Darrow in the house with us today and a perfect guest host when it comes to Richard Corbin and talking Den in particular. Uh, Dark Horse is doing uh, the comic lord's work these days by uh, getting the, the rights to do, I guess, the complete Richard Corbin collection uh there was mutant no 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 uh murky world mm -hmm. not to be confused with mutant world which would probably be a future uh, release is the first volume to come out uh the second is den uh and it's part one of den i think there'll be two or three parts of uh den when it's all said and done and this will be the material that was in the very first issues of heavy metal first half dozen or so issues of heavy metal uh jeff we we talked to you extensively I feel like we can't even show this, man. <laughs> Maybe put your thumb over the offensive part. I do it just to illustrate, like, Dark Horse is really doing nice work with these collections. Yeah. You know, it's a beautiful dust cover, but look at the actual art on the on the inside edition. Yeah, I should actually, like, make note, too. Like, they really darkened this image just because they have to, like, obscure the titties on the cover. Because, <laughs> uh, like, if you see, it's a very famous image, and it's much lighter, but there's, like, almost no pages without titties or a big fucking swinging piece of meat between <laughs> Den's, Den's legs. This yes. video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Uh, there are three levels of support at our Patreon and the King Kayfabers get access to our live stream recording sessions uh, that make it possible to mitigate the Kayfabe effect. They also get the videos before anybody else. So make sure uh, you uh, support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel and get that early access. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. You're looking at a healthy sample of our bibliography right in front of you. Jimmy's next book is going to be Street Angel, Princess of Poverty. It's coming to you in November. It's going to be a companion piece to Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, in that it collects all of the uh, material that was published prior to the Image Comics release. Jimmy also has Hulk Grand Design out there in the wild. Limited copies available. Make sure you get your hands on that as soon as possible. And uh, the latest comic that Jimmy has right now, which is sold out, but he is he has promised to uh, reprint this thing. True Crime Funnies. Three nonfiction stories, including uh, one that has a little something to do with some wrestling. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you in October, just in time for the holidays, collecting all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree with 150 pages of additionals. Also for the holiday season is X-Men Grand Design Trilogy, which is going to include the out-of-print X-Men Grand Design works that I put together, about a 250-260 page trade paperback. Red Room is the current focus. Two trade paperbacks of Red Room are out there right now. The comic I'm putting out these days is Red Room Crypto Killers. It's going to be four issues total. Three issues are out right now. The centerpiece uh, for issue three, the backup feature, includes the first appearance of the characters that I'm using in my daily strip, which I'm serializing on my Patreon. Tom's in the house with us this round. He's got the hardcover I Am Stan coming to you sooner than later. I believe it comes out in September. We did a big video on this, and you guys showed up in a big bad way and, and uh, started to do your pre-orders. Make sure you get your hands on this. This is a definitive documentary on Stan Lee and uh, the paperback version of his Jack Kirby biography are com is coming out uh, sooner than later as well. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. Uh, so we actually, we, we're not even going to be able to like look at very many pages of this of this comic to be honest man so it'll it'll pretty much just be us chatting it up uh, jeff did you grab heavy metal from the start or did you know um metal or long before uh heavy yeah metal i was coming out? i i <laughs> i'm kind of a snob 
I had all that stuff because I'd, I'd started getting metal herland, and uh, <laughs> for some reason, I, I would show that stuff to people. Nobody ever wanted to look at it because well, it's in French. I'd go, yeah, but Jesus, look how, at this how stuff. would you get it, Jeff? Bud Plant or something? In Chicago. Well, when I in Chicago, um, well, there was a French bookstore in Chicago, and they carried it. They had magazines, and they had it. And there was also a, a comic store called Larry's Comics. And he got, he was amazing. The place was just like a hoarder's home. I mean, comics were just in a stack. He went in and said, uh, Larry, do you have a issue? Do you have any back issues of Batman? I'll look over there in a pile. And they'd just be piles of comics. You'd have to go through all of them. I mean, I mean, you know, you'd have Archie, then Batman, then Wendy, and then you'd be about five stacks before you'd find anything you want. But he had Metal of Her Lawns, and he also had like 2000 ADs. He got that stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's right. I'd pick them up. And I just, you know, because, well, I was crazy about Mobius. And then they, they started to have you know, Corbin in there. Because I know Mobius was a huge fan of Richard Corbin. Worth noting. So I, did, I, I, I picked up some of the heavy metal, but I had all that stuff. And uh, Worth noting, uh, Jose Villarubia is project art director. I think he's overseeing all of these yeah. Richard Corbin yeah. books. Um, yeah. a fun guy to follow because he shows a lot of the pages and restoration and original art and things like that. And uh, as I, as we've said, anybody who's involved in doing these Corbin collections is on my A-list. Totally. He does He does a foreword uh, as well as Patton Oswalt uh, does does a foreword uh, talking about his discovery of, uh, yes. of, of Dan, of Corbin's work. And, and as I understand it, because for the, I, you know, I, I know, you know, People at Dark Horse they've worked with Corbin and I always say to him, Well, geez, when are you gonna put Den when are you gonna put Den out? Why don't you why don't you do Rolf? And he wouldn't let him. Right. He just he didn't want that stuff out there. He said, I got this new stuff. I guess maybe for him he thought it was I was like, Oh my god, and I'm just so thankful that his wife is allowing this stuff back into print because God, you know, it's ageless. It's not it's like you say, Oh, that might new stuff. Go, eh, it's, it's all good. <laughs> I'm I'm doing a uh a introduction for for a future volume and it's a, a volume of I guess maybe some of his last work that uh like it's not all fully lettered and then the last little bit is kinda kinda a little rougher than what the earlier work mm. was. Uh and man, it's so cool to get that access. They're really putting in some effort here. And uh, if you take a look at page one, do you got your uh, heavy metal uh, one? This uh, they relettered for the uh, the dark horse version, but beyond that, they have a, t a team of letterers on on the various books. So you could see that it was kind of typeset, pasted up in the pages of heavy metal. It's so much more inviting to me. It's so much more readable. Uh, in with what they did in the Dark Horse books. There is so much that I love about the typeset uh, approach. Be S skip two pages ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to scout this to keep us friendly. You see they switch fonts from, from that initial page in Heavy Metal to this one. And this this runs through a lot of his work and it's mechanical font like a it's not helvetica but it's of that nature a sans serif right. font right i don't mind this like a lot of the fanagore stuff that corbin prince publishes himself in the 80s would be with this kind of mechanical font um so not not too big of a deal for me where you see a big difference i think is in some of the 
whenever it's negative, yeah. you know, um, definitely more readable. And it's Nate Picos is the letterer on this volume. And I mentioned that because that's he's the letterer, I believe, Jeff, on your Shaolin Cowboy and Daniel yeah, Chabin, yeah. the editor on both of those books. So, yeah. you know, you're pretty close to uh, a lot of the creatives that are involved in this project. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> which is unfortunate because then Daniel sends them to me and I have to run by them. But I mean, a lot of this material I already have, but it's nice to have them in these beautiful collections. Yeah, absolutely. It's mind-bending what this stuff looks like for being done in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he had that, that access and he had that, that technical know-how to play around with the plates and, and, mm -hmm. and do all that stuff. But to me, it is the 70s. Like, Patton Oswalt mm -hmm. describes it as, like, the artwork that you would see on, you know, Astro vans right. or whatever <laughs> and, and, and pinball machines. And it, it, it does feel of that period. Part of it is the Roy G. Biv application. Like every page, you 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 have the entire like spectrum of the of the rainbow, uh, will be employed and uses of color that you've just never seen, done before. But uh, this is the first time because I don't have I never had all of Den. I would just get random random issues right. of of heavy metal, and uh, mm -hmm. you would read the Richard Corbin's pieces in there, for sure. But it would be, you know, a middle chapter of some some bigger work, Bloodstar or whatever. So this is my first time reading this in a cogent, linear fashion. And uh, it made me realize that uh, he is an unsung originator, like a, like a piece of inspiration for like Masters of the Universe. No yeah. doubt. Like those guys talk about um, Frazetta, of course as being an important component to creating he the He-Man action figures and stuff. But with the monsters and the queen and a lot of the MacGuffins and stuff and the different kinds of monsters, those dudes were absolutely Richard Corbin marks. I don't know how you can be a visual art fan and not be in love with Corbin. Yeah. And the fact that, I mean, he wants, he wants to do comics. He wants to make his living doing comics. And what does he decide to do? A hero with a big dick that you see all the time. So he's <laughs> automatically, his audience, I mean, he's like, he's alien or not alienated. He's restricted his audience and his publishing abilities. I mean, if right. they hadn't been metal, who knows? Because, I mean, even it's amazing that even heavy metal that they went, because, you know, America, I mean, any sort of genitalia, even saying the word genitalia would get you in trouble. But my God, that he would... Had the Christian, nope, this is what this is my vision and this is what it's gonna be. And I don't I don't give a shit if I don't, you know, if I'm not gonna be on the be on the newsstand. I think I found another paycheck we show off. It's such a um you know, it's it's one of the oldest comic book tropes, the idea of like this kid transforming into this this god, you know, superhero, and the idea of making him naked and endowed, it's almost like you've taken that comic book nerd dream, we've all seen the Charles Atlas ads and whatnot, and you've really delivered. Right. You've delivered in a way that none of those ads actually do, and none of even the superhero stuff really does, until you get to Corbin, and Corbin's like, here's the real fantasy made, you know, made into a comic. And, there, and there's a theme with, of... with a sexual appetite. I mean, yes. this guy, I mean, that, you know... <laughs> Yeah. He's going to save the day. He's going to get the girl. Uh, what's funny about that, though, is because this is Richard Corbis is a dude. Uh, there's a there's a female who's like a, uh, like a spinster kind of novelist or something from the 1800s. And she goes <laughs> through the time portal, too. 
but she doesn't come out as like the female ideal she comes out as like the dude ideal of a female so she's super horny big ass titties yeah childbearing hips and basically she becomes like exactly what uh this little pecker would 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 want in a lady man and uh you know he starts out he's got a hold of some schematics from his dad the writing the first person approach absolutely lovecraftian uh totally like you know getting a hold of a schematic you know going to radio shack putting it together opening up a portal to another world you know it, it's corbin is probably you know ge generation two away from from the pulps and he it's clear that he read that stuff the burroughs stuff the lovecraft stuff uh probably a little a little tarzan in the mix as well yeah you know, that, sure that panel right right that that panel right there say. yeah which that one panel, the, the fourth panel on that page I swear to God, look where he's 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 straddling the the, the cliffs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. His, and his junk is hanging down. It's in shadow, but it's like, oh my God! I mean, you know, <laughs> you don't get to make Corbin too. Is that he would he would draw these women with super voluptuous women, and then he'd give them like some weird head. As <laughs> a, a young guy, we're looking at the guy. I'm turned on. I'm repulsed at the same time. <laughs> I'm disgusted with myself for being. Uh, attracted to these this monster woman some of the artwork here really makes me think you know he, he was working for i think an industrial film company and uh, you know before he gets into the comics full-time and i think he works there for like 10 years and this stuff reminds me so much of like the black and white 50s kind of movies that i would right. see as a kid to the point of mm -hmm. almost it makes me think he that stuff left a mark on him where he was trying to emulate that visual right because these things feel like they could like have been a stop right motion out of creator yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah yeah they're so solid as three-dimensional objects and sculptures even the creature feels like one of those special effects stop-motion creatures it does and that creature is so well drawn like look at look at the just the anatomy the bone structure on the, the, the as it walks it's just amazing yeah man mm -hmm. and one of those early guys to employ that airbrush in comics work so that sky scene scene uh, right there you know that pukey kind of sky and it looks like there's like a face built in there you know it's mm -hmm. so it's so trippy very surreal so it's hard to hard to show fresh pages huh jimmy yeah here yeah. i'll show the back cover because like because <laughs> like those bees see this is another one of those things like just the imagination is off the chain mm -hmm. dude and with the techniques and abilities he has creatively and then the imagination to employ that with stuff that you just have never seen before. Like, would you not read a whole comic with just a team of these yeah. dudes? <laughs> yeah, that stuff's amazing. And I do think it's worth noting, because we read this in fragments as kids, didn't really have a sense of the story. The story is an amazing fantasy story, right? So his uncle disappears, but leaves the plans as to how to make this like dimension hopping portal device. And then the next thing you know, the kid has followed looking for his uncle, right? It's it's, right. it's pretty clear. It's very easy to understand motivation of the characters. Yeah. And now you're in a, a strange, different world. You know, this is Alice in Wonderland here. <laughs> uh, you know, then it kind of goes off on an adventure and it's, it's easy to follow. And it's great fantasy. There's a whole world that Corbin has constructed in Den. It's true. There, there's, a, there's a MacGuffin of uh, what they call the Loch Noor. And the Lochnor is the MacGuffin in the heavy metal cartoon movie, if you remember. It's it's the, the little orb that gets us from, you know, the 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 Mobius type scene to the uh, to the Den sequence, of which John Candy is the voice of uh, of Den, which <laughs> is choice. 
fantastic. So unlikely. have you seen? Have you seen his short film? Because uh, which I think he did before he did the comics. He did. He did that even in the sixties, and uh, they said that you know he was using company time and company resources. Yeah. To uh to produce that, and then you know he's some quiet nebbish at the at yeah. the office who's like you know doing his own thing. But then they discovered that he was doing this. He was drawing this stuff on trace and paper, uh, so that he didn't have to have. Uh, what do you call it? Like it animation sells. cells and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And when they discovered what he was doing, they actually put in a budget for him to to produce this thing in a in a more solid way. He redid the the voice acting and shit. And uh, he said that he's pretty sure it, it cost more money for the company than they would have liked to have spent. But it then played at a couple of film festivals and and did uh, did well. I think won an award at uh, one of the film festivals that it played in. Right. So they would show it at, at comic conventions, and I, that was like a holy grail for me to want to see it because I knew who he was. And I really liked his work, and I saw it at one of the, the, the what used to be the comic convention, which was Phil Suling's New York Comic Convention, and they'd run movies at night. And I got finally got to see it because it was just impossible to to see the thing. They had it playing, I think, on a loop at Angoulême whenever he was, uh, mm -hmm. you know, whenever they had the mm -hmm. Corbin show there. He uh. For for Angolem, he did a uh, a little thank you video uh, that you can find on YouTube, and one of the clips it shows this shelf of his sculptures that he uses for for reference, and the sculptures look like his drawings, and then well, they also look like him in yeah. a way. Like like this muscle guy is definitely this is this is Richard Corbin's face, yeah, and him. I think he was a bodybuilder at some point. He was. He was. Yeah. 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 I mean, in this in this in this version, they have some of his sculptures. Oh, that's so cool! Beginning. Yeah, they got like that weird. Maybe I don't know if you can see it. The, that uh, hold that, it that over weird, a little closer yeah. to your head. There you go. The other way. The other way. There it is. Boom! Oh, that's so cool. And then, like this thing. This is an actual. Um, <laughs> the other way, the other way. That way, or like over your face, yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. That's I think that's one of the pieces that was in that uh, that interview from Heavy Metal. Do you, Do you remember that interview he did in Heavy Metal, uh, Jeff? Where the, the I don't the I, guy I, I, who interviewed was such a fucking scumbag was talking about Richard Corbin's wife's boobs and stuff. Like, hey man, your your wife isn't doesn't got big bust and all this kind of shit. I'm gonna bust his lip. Yeah, he he issued like a retraction that he that he made heavy metal or you know he asked oh, really? heavy metal to uh, print Richard Corbin did and it's in there you know it's kind of this amazing artifact because you get the interview and then like an issue or two later you get Corbin like very unhappy with the interviewer. There there the is. Thing, oh, go ahead, Jeff. The first thing I ever saw by him was in a because I used to be a real big I'm still I'm a Edgar Rice Burroughs fan. There used to be a, a magazine a fanzine called Herbdom, right. and you could see then fan art. And one of them was this cover of the Thark from John Carter of Mars, and it was Corbin. Right. And it was amazing. It was this airbrush thing. Who is this guy? And then later I found, you know, much later I found these. Oh, that's that guy that did uh, the, uh, you know, the the grim. Well, I found Dan and or, or Rolf, and then uh, some of the, you know, his. I can't think of what, what the names of his Fanagor Press comics were, but yeah, I think there was that one you were about to say it, man. Grim Wit. Mm -hmm. 
which is yeah. the first appearance of, of Den, which I've never seen. You know, that like all this stuff that's being published right now and that's on the docket for at least the next year, it's all mm. it's all this like airbrushy color shit. But yeah. I hope they do not sleep on that black and white. Because to me that's an important piece of the puzzle. To to bring Ralph back into print. It would be amazing to well, have they're the gonna they're gonna do Ralph. That's what I keep asking. Me. You're gonna do Ralph, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all that shit. I wonder if they'll get I wonder if they imagine they can do the you know the uh, Edgar or the uh, uh, Robert E. Howard one. The, I can't think of the Valley of the Worm, which was a book yet. I ordered it. You had to order it. It was like before Kickstarter, and you. It took a year to finally get the thing, but it was, uh, you know, because I, I always dreamed of Corbin doing Conan. I thought he should be doing Conan. Yeah, he's, he'd be perfect for that gig. He seems built for it because once again, like there's Robert E. Howard built into this that 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 sense of questing. And some of some of the uh, archetypes that he introduces are are yeah. very Howard like. But then you know the main kind of villain or whatever it's it's a it's Cthulhu backwards. Right. And they they don't say you know by Crom they say by Cthulhu. <laughs> and when they let things loose, like yeah, that page there. What what page is that, Jimmy? Which one are you looking for? Uh, with with that like all that color stuff happening because I don't think there are any dicks on that. Yeah, what page is that? Put your thumbs over. You can have this one. Okay. Just put your, put your couple things there to. You know. Up. You know what's ha you know what's happening, Uncle Jeff is YouTube is getting tight with their algorithms, man. So yeah. so uh, we don't want this to be an adults only video because so far fewer people see it. The color here is so spectacular, and it is spectacular throughout this story Absolutely. and throughout most of Corbin's work. Right. It's really great though. Some of the extra text in this volume talks about the production. Yeah. Because it goes through several different cha changes as the story is being done where he's like full on painting these as the story progresses right. uh, based on the technology, what, what can be reproduced and everything. So it's interesting to see that progression as a guy who's doing process work, unlike anybody else's process, you get a little bit of behind the scenes as to how he's doing that, whether it's painting the color separations early on or getting to the point where they can do full color reproduction. What's, what's real crazy though, is that it feels cohesive throughout. Like if, if they didn't tell you, you might not even know right because they describe that there are parts where he's like inking and stuff but he's such a weird creator that he'll do stuff where like here's a painted panel but then he'll ink this one and mm -hmm. then have the same kind of color so it's just it's all it's all of a piece it, it really comes down i think to the guy's eye and or or girl whoever it is whatever artist you like like the great art it, it's their brain and their eye more than a specific tool right you know, we, we <laughs> I think young artists often, you know, you want to fixate on what's the pen that you're drawing. What, what, what are you using here, Dave Cooper or right. you know, whoever? And it just isn't like you could give these guys, you could give Corbin whatever, an airbrush, a paintbrush, an inkbrush, and he's going to produce work that looks like Richard Corbin. And, right. and I think that sometimes we spend too much time on the technical side, but I do like having a document that talks about it because he definitely used processes that nobody else did in comics. Absolutely. Any final meditations on on uh, the the den story, Uncle Jeff? Before we get out of here, people should buy it, buy it, and learn from it because it, it just, yeah, it's 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 a masterwork of a guy that you know. I mean, did what he wanted. It's just amazing. Yeah, and buy it because I want to see this library continue. Yes. you know, I mean, if 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 they don't sell. You can only make so many of these lavish books if you don't have the numbers behind it. And uh, everybody that's a fan of comics, like, 
you'll be sad whenever these are unavailable because they go out of print. Yeah, man. Or they don't print enough of them for everyone who wants one. Just learn from so much from them, and they're just just that back cover you're showing just the inspiration of thinking outside of the box, and uh, that's what so many you know. I wish people would. And I'm nothing against you know DC and Marvel comics, but look outside those those um, those those comics because you'll it'll open up a whole other world. And you can bring that to your your one of if you want to do Marvel or DC or anything. It'll 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 just inspire you and think. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like this. Yeah, and 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 Dark Horse is 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 doing it right. I I think man, where uh, they'll take they'll do something like like a murky world that isn't considered like you know one of his major hits or it's not like it's not but it's just it's a newer work and he had such a back catalog of the stuff that is the at the front of people's thoughts but that's that's volume one that's the first book to come out but then they give you some juice with the second one and if if they keep that tandem up i will be very satisfied uh because then you could exhaust the color and then give me some of that black and white i i like that black and white me stuff his, his his rats in the wall story and stuff like that yeah me too yeah, yeah there's no oh, shortage of what they can do with it yeah and you know what was interesting we've looked at murky world for everybody uh if you haven't seen our video on murky world check that out we've yeah. done a lot of corbin we, we have, have a, a playlist we have a richard corbin playlist yes um, there's a lot of parallels with murky world and den you know in terms of going to another world um it's kind of exciting to me to see that too to see themes that go throughout like an artist's life i mean this is beginning murky world's near the end so it's kind of cool he does and, kind and, of make the rip, same rip in time do you remember did you, ever, did you ever see rip in time that, oh yeah uh, got the issues for that yes that's a 1980 it's part of the 1986 scene yeah dude absolutely dinosaurs and god and cops dinosaurs and cops <laughs> yeah. that's like the ad tagline on that one <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much for uh, for Thank joining you. us. Before we get out of here, man, let's give let's give a plug. Yeah, everybody, if you haven't picked up Shaolin Cowboy: Cruel to Be Kin, this is Jeff Darrow's newest book, and you can see it stacking up on the Den book. It's even bigger than the Den book, so a nice oversized uh, collection of Jeff Darrow artwork. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anything on the horizon, Jeff? Or is your art appearing in any place in print uh, that we let need to let the people know about, or? I'm, you know, me. I'm, I'm working on another one and uh, another Shaolin Cowboy, and um, I do co covers here and there. I did a Hellboy cover. I'm, I'm super excited about the next Shaolin because you, you, you took, you took with us with a feather and said that like you got some of the ideas when we were in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it won't be what you think. You think what that? Why would you? Why, why is this your takeaway from Tokyo? <laughs> Can't wait to see it. Jeff, thanks so much for coming by to talk uh, Richard Corbin with us, and let's do it again soon. Thank you for having me.